Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. All right, we're back. It's the motherfucking I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo. It's another hard body karate, hard hitting episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm here with uh, G Moody, last name rhymes with duty. Yep, of course. 2017 is coming to an end. This is... I didn't want another one. Uh-huh. I didn't want another one. It's the beginning of December. I mean, I don't see how anyone is going to catch you. At, at, at this point, you, people are so far behind. The numbers are just racking racking up and racking up. It looks like a three-peat for the already two-time podcast co-host of the year. Um, you know it's a wrap when they start calling for ring sizes. Yes, yes, yes. We have, know this. Have you gotten a <laughs> phone call for ring sizes yet? Yeah, man. My man Greg from... Uh fantasy rings he uh hit me up and he said uh we're gonna hook you up listen i'm not announcing that g monetti uh uh won uh the podcast coast here but but i'm not saying he's not gonna win it okay but but the fact of the matter is just like when time magazine calls up a person for a photo shoot and an article they are potentially looking at them for, for man of the year, just like uh, that happened with uh, Deviant Donald Trump. Okay, but I don't want to go down that road right now. The road I want to go down is this. I'm, I'm on my way to New York, Moody, and, and, I, and, and, and my dog, Wheezy, I think when I say the words New York, pack, or bag, he knows I'm leaving. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're not stupid. 
So I haven't even left yet, okay? But when, when, when I take my bag out, I say the words New York, pack, or bag. And then when he sees the bag, and it's a small bag, like he starts acting real funny, acting oh. real funny-like. Funny style. I, I, I don't know what to do. It's a fucking dog. I love my dog. I give him attention. I treat him uh, you know, better than I, I treat some people in my life. Uh, uh, I don't know what that says about me or, or, or the way I deal with uh, the people in my life. But the point is, you know, I don't know what more to do to him. I give him fucking Zoloft. I mean, how many people in my life could be, uh, you know, depressed at once? I can only deal with so much, including my own, you know, highs and lows. Oh. It's not easy Maybe. being the gringo mandingo. There's our highs and lows. Highs right, and right. fucking lows. Yesterday, okay, I, I had like a 40-minute span where I, I didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, no, it was two days ago. I don't know, three days, sometime during the week. Okay. Okay, I, uh, um, obviously Eli Manning was benched. That was disturbing. You heard on the now classic uh, Matt Barnes episode, Bizarro Eli Manning showed up. He said what he had to say and then hung up. Okay, that was upsetting. <laughs> right. I, I, he, gee, I, how fucked up was it to see Eli Manning almost crying? I have a different take. What is the point in having this Hall of Fame guy out here playing in a two and nine season, which you're not, there's no playoff and you could get him hurt. He's 37 years old. He still probably has a few more years. I thought he shouldn't be in the game. I thought he should voluntarily go to the bench just to save himself. He's not going to do that. The guy's played 210 games. He's a fucking animal. I understand. He has the but, face of a dope and the heart of a lion. That, yeah, that surmises Eli Manning in a nutshell. He, the face of a dope, the heart of a lion. And I didn't he, like seeing that dopey face damn near brought to tears right in front of my eyes. Yeah, it was it, it was bad. They handled it like, you know, like they they the, the Giants fucked up on that. But Eli, Eli is a, is is an icon and 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 um he, he's going to be all right. It's, it's the brass. It's Jerry Reese and, and Ben McAdoo will be gone. Eli will always be a New York giant in every sense of that word. Yes. So e- Eli, fuck these guys, man. Fuck these you guys, You did your work. Eli. You did what you had to do. They don't take uh, Odell Beckham off the field. They don't treat him bad, but they treat you like shit. And you won them two Super Bowls. Two rings these guys. Things. Two Fuck rings this and guy, things. Odell's pissing in the end zone, and he doesn't get reprimanded. But Eli gets treated like shit. E- even, even ex-New York Giants coach Tom Coughlin was very upset. He don't even work for the team anymore, and he spoke out saying he was very upset. I want to say this, too. The first starting quarter, black, black quarterback in Giants history is Geno Smith. And this is a disgrace to black history why we got to have this motherfucker doing it? <laughs> Glass jaw Geno Smith. Don't forget that a year and a half ago, Geno Smith was playing for the Jets starting quarterback, and he tried to get crunk. He tried to talk greasy to a defensive lineman. The defensive lineman p- punched him in the jaw and broke his shit. That's why yeah. Geno Smith lost his job with the New York Jets. He had his shit wired shut by a defensive lineman. Yo, if you're a quarterback and you don't garner the respect from the rest of your team, yo, 
Speak. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna catch you for a loop here. You fuck. You. You. All right. Go. 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 <laughs> speaking of guys that have no business speaking on things, Memphis Grizzlies coach David Fisdale. Okay. Who who infamously, uh, you know, during a playoff game last year, he went on a rant. Um, Miles, you could pull a clip from that. It was a very poorly officiated basketball game. Um, Zach Randolph, the most rugged guy in the game, had zero free throws, but somehow Kawhi Leonard had 19 free throws. Overall, 35 times we shot the ball in the paint. We had 15 free throws for the game. They shot 18 times in the paint and had 32 free throws. Kawhi shot more free throws than our whole team. Explain it to me. We don't get the respect that these guys deserve because Mike Conley doesn't go crazy. He has class, and he just plays the game. But I'm not going to let them treat us that way. You know, I know Pop's got pedigree, and I'm a young rookie, but they're not going to rook us. That's unacceptable. That was unprofessional. My guys dug in that game and earned the right to be in that game, and they did not even give us a chance. Take that for data. He infamously went on that rant where he talked about not being rooked and all that stuff, and that kind of you know brought him to the to, to national public attention. You know, people in the basketball community have been following Fizdale for a while. Good dude, well loved, very charismatic coach. Players like him, but but Memphis Grizzlies who pay Mike Conley, I believe, two hundred thirty million dollar contract, mm. never made an All Star. I like Mike Conley; he's a good player. Just just yeah. saying that he. Just saying that he gets two hundred thirty million dollars. His agent, it's good. Word. I should. <laughs> I shouldn't be hating. I should just be like, yeah. I should be firing agents. Is what I should be. Yeah. Doing. Fuck that. Um. Anyway, it, they've been off to a rocky start, uh, and they fired Fizdale. Okay, and, and for whatever reasons, him and him and Marcus all aren't getting along. Something. Something isn't a riot out there. They're ha- they're not off to a good start. Again, we're only like twenty games into the season, twenty one games into the season. I personally think it's too early to fire him. He's. I think he's a very very uh, a star coach on the rise, um, and I just think it's not fair to fire somebody so quick. That being said, who cares about what I say? Okay, <laughs> I have nothing to do with the team. You know who also has nothing to do with the team? G. Who? Queen fucking James. Princess fucking James. You got nothing to do with the Memphis Grizzlies. You don't play for the Memphis Grizzlies. You never played for the Memphis Grizzlies. They don't give a fuck about your opinion. But as soon as David Fisdale was fired, he said, I feel like my man was made out to be a scapegoat. And I say, LeBron, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're not the coach. Okay, you got David Blatt fired in the darkness of the night like a bad bootleg episode of Homeland. You acted uh. like you had nothing to do with it. You pressed the button, you fuck you. <laughs> you 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 got Mike Brown fired and he tried to get Eric Spolstra fired when shit wasn't going good with the Miami Heat. Shut up, LeBron. See, this yeah. is why people say you you can't hate the king. I can't hate the fucking king. The king's not a real king. You can't hate the king. This ain't fucking Game of Thrones. This ain't fucking Shakespeare. He ain't a real king. Nobody cares that you think your man was the scapegoat. What about David Blatt? Hey, he got David Blatt fired, but they won the championship. So that then, shit is and then, null and void. And the next year they void. lost it. And they're going to lose it again this year. And then you know what? And then when LeBron leaves, we're going to see if Ty Lue can fucking tie his shoes without <laughs> LeBron James there. Because things no, I, are real easy when you got LeBron James. Because he's great. 
Nobody said Ty Lue is Pat Riley. No one is saying that. We're talking about Le- LeBron. That's Le- your man, Le- Ty Lue. Ty- yeah, Ty Lue is my man. And if when LeBron leave, I would leave. Because it ain't going to be no more championships. Nope. So I'm, I'm not here. Nope. LeBron is the Pied Piper. Oh, so, so, he so goes. Ty Lue is just a dick rider. That's what you're saying. Yo, your man, Ty yo, Lue is just a dick rider. Ty Lue got, uh, what's that, leapfrogged into the head coaching spot courtesy of the king. So wherever the king goes, I'm going to go to. Well, if he goes to L.A., they're not firing Luke Walton. Your man Ty Lue, although his suits are not as big as they used to be, he still needs to get his shit in 2017. Yo, come off of some of that money, man. Get some fitted suits, man. You look fucked up out there. And also, also, (laughs) go to Kiehl's and get yourself some under-eye cream. Because my man looks like he has not slept in two years. Ty Lue looks crazy out there, man. Yo, Ty Lue, hold your head, man. And you maybe you, you you might get another chip, and then just just ride off into the sunset. What else? They had this Nazi sympathizer. It was everybody was in an uproar um, about this this guy who's who's a Nazi, and he's talking about like they 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 they, they did an article on him in, in the Sunday Times. The same day that they did a little article about me in the Sunday Times, somebody hit me online. He's like, you're reposting your article in the Sunday Times, even though the Sunday Times put this article out about this guy, Tony Havatar, who's some, like, you know, they tried to make it like the life and times of like a, like a, like a new age Nazi. And I was oh, like, yo, man. I was like, yo, I like that they put this fucking article out. Good, good. Oh, I want to know where these guys are. I want to know these oh. guys exist. They like tried to show like, you know, like sort of like just the day in and day out. Of like a 2017 hipster Nazi. Literally. This should have been called the life and times of a hipster Nazi. And I like that they show these guys because of this. This dumb fuck lost his job. That's what you get. You think you you could just embrace your racism? And everybody's going to just be like, oh, that's cool. And like, oh, that's that's crazy. He's a family guy. He's got kids. Fuck you. Yeah. Why why, why would he want to be? profile you see like they they looking for stardom too, some type of celebrity like if you a nazi <laughs> I, I don't want nobody to know that shit and, and you know we're giving away this title nazi uh too easy yeah 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 let's take that shit this back. guy ain't no you, fucking nazi this guy's is like some racist uh you know outlander with no a friends sucker. and no guy he's a little fuck boy a sucker yeah, yeah a nazi <laughs> you know fucking nazi yeah come on man those days are over man i mean I know you guys in the office and everybody's galvanized by this guy. But hey, man, yo, get, get, go, go to McDonald's. Get something to eat, man. Damn. Yeah, or now you need to go to McDonald's and get yourself a job, Tony Hoverter. <laughs> he, got, like, like, he looks like he was like, like, like uh, you know, like, you know, the, the number four banana on, on an episode of Girls. You know, like the, yeah. the, the tattoos and the beard and all that shit. Yeah. You don't now want, you don't you don't have want a job. It. Yeah, you really don't want it. If, if somebody came up to you, you don't want it. That's just some look. That's like a, a masquerade. You have some costume. But you really don't want nothing. You don't really, you don't really want nothing. Yeah, you really don't want it. Um, Yo, I wanted to ask you, man. I, you was talking about the Grammys, and, and, and I was uh, appalled and devastated by, yo, they, they, they just be straight up dissing the artists that are supposed to be nominated. Clearly, it's been going on since we were children. Like, Marvin Gaye ain't even got one, right? He got one, and he got it. Come you know, on, he man. got it. So he got it off of sexual healing, but all he, and that was a great song, but right. he didn't get it for any of his 
uh, you know, uh, other stuff. Yeah, who's the panel? Show yourselves. Who's the, how are they voting? What's the criteria? What's the standard? Tribe Core Quest, icons in hip-hop music, classy guys, and always put out music that's going to be timeless, that's going to be played when we're gone. And it's not embarrassing music. It's nope. good. It, it represents black culture, American culture, the way it's supposed to be. And they don't get a nod. So who is the fucking panel? These people are not qualified, man. And you're giving, and then check it out. That a couple of years ago, what's that dude named Macklemore got best hip hop right, shit? Right. Get the fuck out of here. See, this, this is, this is the problem. They got it. They got, we got to wipe them motherfuckers off the panel. And get some real people you that understand. You know what understand. they should do? Get Melly Mel. Get Grandmaster Kaz. Get, mm-hmm. some, old, get some old school cats that right. never got paid, never got the acknowledgement. Let them do it. They'll sort through what's dope and what's not dope. I'm sure those guys would be happy to do it. You get Melly Mel. You get Kaz. I could come up with a nice list of 20 dudes. Women. You get Yo-Yo. Yeah. Roxanne Shantae. Get Marley Mall. Get all these people that never got acknowledged by the Grammys and that built this shit. Word. And then, yeah, from each era. So you just don't have... Di- you have different people, different panels judging and giving motherfuckers the awards that, yo... I'm sure Tri- those guys would be happy to do it. Tri- Tribe Core Quest put a lot of work into this game and not to be acknowledged after, you know, five passes away. You just slapping this, this music, you know, sh- slapping the motherfuckers in their face. Like, yo, y'all, y'all, y'all not good enough? Come on, man. Yo, and- fuck them Grammys. Man, yeah. like, um... Like uh, Chuck and them said, who gives a fuck about a goddamn Grammy? Who gives a fuck about what they like? This is true. Fuck that shit, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, the, I, I just listened again to that, to that Tribe album because I was thinking about it. And I still get chills the first time you hear Fife on that record. And, and it just dawned on me. I was like, damn, the loss of that guy and yeah. the loss of that group. And, and I was so upset by that. And, you know, we, we talked about on the last episode of Q-Tip, who never, you never hear from that dude. He's never on social media. He was pissed. Right. And, and, and it's just a long history of shitting and not nominating the right people uh, uh, in regards to hip-hop. You know, I, I can't right. go into the other categories because that's not, that's not my strong right. suit. Right, right, exactly. Um, yo, we want to give a, a, a pay homage. Jim Neighbors, actor, 87 years old, played Gomer Pyle. On the oh, Andy man. Griffith show passed away. Jim, one of the most iconic television characters of all time. Hell yeah. Golly. <laughs> he was straight hillbilly. Um, you could tell by the by 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 when he when you saw him on shows that he was a nice guy. Um yep. iconic actor, passed away at 87. My man, Jim Neighbors. Um yes. and I have uh, actually uh, uh Bizarro Jim Neighbors. Uh, no, nah, I'm just playing. That would be oh, illo. If be Bizarro crazy. Jim Neighbors came out from the grave, <laughs> what else is going? Yo, we we we've talked about this a lot. We talked about it. We're coming to the end of the year, and I and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but but I do. Um, me and G Monetti, we 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 mentioned this a few times. We said when you're flying around the country on short flights, get your mind right. Tighten up your tighten up your bootstraps, because you never know what's gonna happen. And sure as hell, another thing happened. I'm glad we're having this little reminder before I get on my flight to New York. A passenger, it was flying from Brazil 
to Kennedy Airport. Now, that's a longer flight. Normally, people get crunk on like Phoenix uh, uh, to like Seattle or Seattle to Chicago. Normally, on these long international flights, people don't get crunk. But uh, a nice-looking woman from Brazil was on a Delta flight. She got she got it popping. She was drunk. She was punching. She was kicking. She bit three flight attendants. She was on some Kimbo Slice shit. <laughs> and, and, and the point of it is, I don't know if she was wrong, not wrong. I imagine she had a little bit too much to drink. Maybe took a little Ambion to get some sleep. But they were in there th- straight thugging on the plane. Hey, that's what it's come to now. Look, you know, they no seat assignments, no food. What, what, what are they pushing the passengers to do? Yeah. What kind, what kind of environment are you creating in the blue skies where there's no food? We got to run for the seats. You got all, it's public transportation. Basically, you got all kind of motherfuckers up there. Somebody is, is going to get, somebody going to get killed in that motherfucker. Watch. Not even <laughs> funny. I know, but this is the environment that they're creating. The, the environment. Tension. Yep. Your man, Matt Lauer. Yo. Matt Lauer was wild when, when, when you look back yeah. on it. At first, you know, we talked about, like, what did he do? What did he do? And, and I was thinking, yo, they don't just fire somebody out of nowhere. And now all these old videos are coming out. Like, you know, this sort of, sub, you know, now you look at it right. in the context. Uh, right. One you, of his co-hosts, he mentioned, uh, she mentioned finding a huge bag of sex toys in Matt Lauer's office. And then another interview with Anne Hathaway. Uh, you, you look at the context, it sounds bugged. And when, when Matt Lauer was interviewing Bill O'Reilly, that piece of shit, uh, uh, and he's like, you know, on him and grilling him about the sexual misconduct, it all, it all looks a little different now for sweet Matt, pretty Matt. Yeah, Matt got pinched. And I, I just feel, I like, yeah, 25, yo, you lost up 25 mil. That motherfucker was making 25 mil a year. Damn. And you couldn't, and you couldn't control your sexual urges just at the job. You couldn't control yourself. You're looking at these women like they're like objects. They coming in the office. He's, his pants is down. What kind of person is this? This guy, yo. Yo, man, hospital. It's good you lost that money. You don't deserve that. If, if that's how you're behaving up there, you don't deserve that exorbitant salary. You deserve... To be in a fucking Bellevue. Yeah, he's wildin'. Yeah, come on, man. These, these guys didn't get no women when they were young. Like, like you looking at women like that, like objectifying them, like, yo, that's somebody's, uh, that's somebody's uh, daughter. That's somebody's w- a wife. What the fuck is you doing, man? This is... This is <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Al Roker, let me tell you, man, <laughs> I know you shitting in your pants. Hmm. Now, you gotta be. He has to be. But it ain't gonna be no harassment for you. They not gonna claim harassment. They're going to claim theft, and you're going to be led away in handcuffs. <laughs> what do you mean? You know, they're going to say Al Roker, he was stealing shit up here. <laughs> like he was stealing, like, like little <laughs> statues and shit. Yeah, he's not going to get sexually harassed. He's the jovial, genial, perpetual, grinning weatherman. So you don't look at him as a sex guy. Theft. <laughs> All right. Me and G Moody are going to be right back. We're going to take a break. Right now, we got a dope, dope interview. Kevin Burkhardt. You can see him every single Sunday on Fox TV calling NFL action from the booth. 
He's also the Ernie Johnson of baseball on the pre- and post-game shows on Fox alongside Alex Rodriguez, Big Poppy, and Keith Hernandez. New York Mets fans have watched this guy's career grow since the beginning, and the best is yet to come. The guy's a star, started off as a car salesman. Dope-ass interview with Kevin Burkhardt coming up now. Let's go. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm a big fan. Dude, same. Are you kidding me? I got it. I can't. Dude, I used to live for you on Boston Public back in the day. Come on, I go. I go way back with your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Uh, how's it going, man? You're doing your thing. I mean, I'm not a big baseball guy, but the World Series and and uh, you know the combination of guys, I think it, it really, you know, obviously with TNT and the the, the Charles Kenny Shaq crew. Uh, and Ernie, I think you guys found a, a, an organic sort of baseball, uh, uh, you know, mix for that's similar to that. How, how was that? Yeah, man, it was a blast. I mean, and that's and I appreciate it, man, because I'm, you know, I, I love those guys, and they're the gold standard. I, I think they're the best studio show there is, you know. So, um, if we could be mentioned in the same breath, that that's just awesome. I think the big thing about it is, I, uh, I just don't think that baseball had a show quite like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a, it's a really credit to all the guys for letting it kind of be fun. You know, it's like, it doesn't have to be stuffy and brain surgery and boring. You know, I think there's a lot of good stuff. So I appreciate you saying that it's, it's fun to work on. I mean, the guys are, the guys are great. So no, it, cool. it was really good. It, it, and it was fun. And, and I agree, you know, like with sports, there's so much analytics and, you know, you guys, and sometimes when I'm on TV, although I never as, as sharply dressed as you, you know, it's always presented <laughs> with suits. And, you know, the guys at home are, are have their, you know, their fingers up their nose, uh, you know, they're in boxer shorts or whatever. And, uh, you know, you, you, it definitely was fun. So, so what was it like? So, first of all, was, was J-Lo actually in the studio? And what does she look like in real life? I saw her once but it's been about 20 years. Come on. And I want the real <laughs> so, deal here, man. All right. All right. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you the real deal, man. So, um, yeah, she was there multiple times. Uh, she came in. Um, I mean, she supports her man. You know, she is there. Uh, she came on the road for um, a couple of the games in Houston, flew in from her her movie shoot and came and sat on the set, like when the live crowd of the post game and people were chanting J-Lo uh-huh. throughout the post game show. It was unbelievable. She's got the... She is, first of all, I really like her. Getting to be around her uh, with, through Alex, I really like her. And second of all, she's got the most beautiful skin I've ever seen on a human being in my entire life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it, it's a, I mean, I'm 43 and I'm still breaking out in, in zits, man. And mm-hmm. like, it's, it's amazing. Did you ask <laughs> her any is. of the tricks of the trade that you could share with us? Um, I didn't really ask her tricks of the trade, you know, but I, I, I tell you what, she's, She's such a hard. I said, "Hey, what was your first job? You know, like how did you, like what was your first gig?" And her first job was working in a hair salon when she was ten. She mm. told me, and and I mean, you know what? When you're doing that and you're that young, you you work your tail off. Right. So clearly, she. I have a ton of respect for her. And a Rod to me, based on his persona when he was playing, the switch that he made to the broadcast booth was night and day. It, it was like if he could have been as self-effacing as sort of you know loose and relaxed as he was when he played even throughout all the craziness 
I think it would have served him so well, like because as a broadcaster, and and once he got on TV, and I, I just happened to watch the first time he was on there. I think he was still with the Yankees. I was like, this guy is as good of a baseball player as he is. He might even be a, a, a better broadcaster. He certainly his personality is more um, relatable as a broadcaster. Did did you see that coming with him? No, I I, did, I didn't know what to expect to be honest with you. You know, I dealt with him. I, I worked for the Mets for a while, right? So I did, I did and, and so I dealt with him a little there, but I didn't know him. Um, and so when they brought him out a few years ago, you're right. He was still playing for the Yanks the first time he worked for for Fox, and um, I, I was just you know really impressed from the get go. I did not know him before the steroid stuff at all, right? So I don't know what he he was like before then. I do feel like, though, in getting to know him, and he's a friend now, is that I, I feel like that year off really was kind of an epiphany for him, where he just, you know, thought a lot about things, about changing things, uh, and about just being maybe a little different than what people have seen. One thing I'll tell you, I've been around him a ton the last three years. Number one, he, I think people, and you've seen it, he's super smart, and he knows how to talk and relate to people. And I think the biggest thing, which you mentioned and this goes for anybody, right? You got to be yourself, right? Like, you know, like when I watch your, your Instagram rants in the morning, like that's you and I love it. Like that's the whole point. You're yourself. And I think the beauty of him is no one could ever relate to him because he was so, you know, up in the stratosphere. So he's been self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, he made fun of himself. He, you know, he joked about his past and like people were like, wow, this guy's actually kind of cool. And that's who he's been. So I give him a heck of a lot of, it, it's like, Maybe the greatest image reconstruction in the history of Earth. I mean, I, I, I agree. I feel like this is the real him. You know, like he's, well, no, it is. That see, that's the thing, though. It's authentic. Like I've, like I said, I've been out with with him multiple times, dinners, on the phone, text, you name it. Like it's it's not an act. Like, no, that's you could tell. You you could yeah. tell because if it's an act, then he, he should stop broadcasting and he should start doing Shakespeare because if if that's a, a put on, <laughs> then then he's got another trick up his sleeve. So so Jay Cutler. Now I'm I'm gonna keep it real with you, okay, Burkhart. Uh, Do it, man. Uh, he really ruined a fantasy football Sunday for me, really bad. Now, like like last week or when was this? Yeah, yeah, re- recently, recently. <laughs> now I should. I should have known better, okay, because I am a senior fantasy football analyst. You've accomplished a lot in sports, and I think you're just at the beginning, but you are talking to a senior fantasy football analyst, okay? Oh, I know. That's a fact. I I know. Now, I did make the mistake of starting him. It happens to the best of us. Do you think Smoke and Jay Cutler will wind up being a broadcaster, and how close did he come to being a broadcaster? Because you were supposed to be his, his, his guy, right? Yeah, I mean, he was in. I mean, it was going to be myself along with Charles Davis, who's my partner now, uh, and Jay. And so, it was, it, I mean, he was in. It was all three of us. It was it, that was the deal. Uh, he came in and auditioned, and that was going to be it. Um, and then, you know, I, I mean, I think his head was was in it. Like he he was not uh, into playing football anymore. But I think the more that he got away from it, and then you know, Adam Gase is his buddy in Miami, so he calls and hey, there's ten million bucks, come play. After Tannehill got hurt, he did it. So I don't. The one thing I don't know is I don't know if it's something that hey, he thought you know what I want to do this for the next twenty years, or if it's something that he's like you know what I'm retired now what? So I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. I know that if you're picking ten million over four hundred thousand, you're you're going with ten million every damn time. Mm. So I, I I know that. But I, I just don't know if he's 
you know, I, I've texted him a little bit throughout the season, but I haven't talked really since I had his game in London. Um, so I, I don't know if he's going to come back and, and dive into it for when he's done. But um, it's hard. It's hard to say. I know it hasn't gone like you thought he would down there. I mean, they, they have been a bad team in Miami. I thought they'd be a lot better. They've been bad across the board. Do you think he'll be a good broadcaster? Because Tony Romo, you know, he's been sort of the talk of of the broadcast booth this year because obviously his star power. Uh, but but he uh, he's been very good. Do you think Cutler? I mean, you you rehearsed with him. You did something. Do you think he'll be a good broadcaster eventually if he decides to do it? I, he absolutely will if he says what's on his mind because I'll tell you what he is opinionated and, and you, mm. you know all the me, all the media stuff when he comes off sour and and the memes and smoking Jay and all that stuff. Tell you what, you know, you go out to dinner with him and he talks about the league and you're like, damn! Like if he actually says some of this stuff, it's going to be awesome. So that'll be the key. If he really wants to do it, you have to give your opinion and you have to, you know, you have to criticize some people. If he does that. He'll be killer if he doesn't and is generic, then he won't. So I no way to know, Michael. I'm not sure. You you know you're sort of like the, in the middle, like you're sort of a mix between like the Ernie Johnson and and you know you're like a Joe Buck. How do you, you know, talking about Cutler, you know, and criticizing and not criticizing and you know obviously if you're doing a Fox game and a World Series game, you know it's like how do you you personally sort of go close to that line of criticizing constructive criticizing without you know taking sides without being impartial you worked for the Mets but then you have to criticize the Mets if let's say if they were in the World Series how do you sort of play that line with, with, to be honest to yourself honest to the fans and and honest to your opinion I think you just I don't think you can fake it man like I think people see through the the BS you know what I mean like they 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 know if you're just a company show like you know, when I, I mean, the best now when you're doing national stuff, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, if I see something, um, you know, I'll say it. And, and, you know, a lot of times if it's something I'm unsure about, but it's my opinion, I'll ask like one of the guys who played the game, like, am I right here or is this wrong, you know, and get their opinion to kind of make sure I'm on the right track. But like, you know, when I was with the Mets, like, so yeah, of course we're doing Mets games and, and they love you to be pro Mets, but it was also, we were kind of a, a down the middle broadcast. And so, you know, you would say something, but then you got to go in the clubhouse and face those guys. Uh. So, so, you know, you can't hide from it. Um, I, my, what I always found out that as long as you're, you know, as long as you're not making it personal, if you're not attacking their family, if mm-hmm. you're not, you know, you know, if you're, if you're criticizing their play, um, you know, I had multiple conversations with players be like, Hey, I heard what you said on the pregame. Why'd you say that? You know? And I'll be like, well, this is what I thought. This is why I talked to you said this. Like, I, that's what I think. And we have a talk and they may be pissed at you for a couple of days, but it's like, it's cool. You know, it, once you get personal and you make it like there's like a vendetta there, or there's mm-hmm. something else there. Well, then there's an issue. So I don't think I've ever really done that. Cause I don't, I don't have an agenda, you know I mean? So I, but I, you know what, if you don't call it like it is like, if you're doing games and you're just, you know, making stuff up cause you like somebody, I mean, people see right through that. Now. Right. I mean, people, so that's always the way I've tried to do it. And the other factor is, Hey, you know, I mean, I'm a super fan. I've always been. That's why I got into this. Right. But I, I never played, man. So, I mean, I can't I can't go over the top criticizing somebody for missing a block where I couldn't block that guy for a second and a half, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it, that's the best way I would say it. So you were actually a car dealer? Like, you, you sold cars before you got your job at the fan? Brother, I did. I, I was just so down on, like, my – my luck, like my, uh, I couldn't get anybody to call me back. You know, I was working at like this small radio station in Jersey. It was like, it went off the air at night. That's how small it was. Okay. 
And, you know, I was just trying to get like ahead and I couldn't get ahead. Like I couldn't get anybody to, to listen to my stuff. I couldn't get anybody to give me any opportunity. So I just was like, kind of screw it. You know, I was making no money. I got friends that are, you know, on wall street and they're just, you know, drive around their expensive cars and it started to get to me, you know? So I opened up the Sunday paper and I just randomly picked a job and the job was a car dealership. And I walked in and I got a job. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing, but I ended up uh, selling cars for a year. And then I started to get, ironically, I started to get some opportunities. It kind of motivated me, but it, it was, it was a re you know, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, honestly, because it was like, you know what, when you're there, Michael, it's like, my, you know, my, the boss who, uh, the general manager of the place who still runs a couple of dealerships in Jersey, who's like one of my best friends now was like, Hey, you know, you're not going to make any money unless you ask for anything. So you can't go out there. You can be nice all you want, but unless you ask for stuff and the worst they could say is no. And I don't think I really did that before that. You know, I was just, I was just too nice and worried about stepping on people's toes. And so then it was kind of like, all right, fuck it. Like I'm just going <laughs> to go at that. And, you know, I got to do what I got to do. And I think that kind of carry over and other stuff. Like I just started being, you know, a little bit more aggressive and going after what I want. Um, so I think it was a really good life lesson for me. You know, I kind of needed it. Now, when you when you're selling cars to people, because I, I've been buying cars on lease. I'm not a car dude, but I lease car every two, three yeah. years. What's the tricks I need to watch out for? Because, you know, when you go into a car dealership, these guys, like, are you guys looking for suckers? When you were working as a car salesman, <laughs> are you looking for dummies like me that, like, barely may or may not have graduated high school, not too good with math on the fly, percentages was never anything I'm good at? Like, what's the, what's the thing that, like, uh, like, the layman should be, like, watching out for when they're trying to lease a car? Forget buying. I'm not buying cars. Lease a car. What's the questions we should ask? I think the the biggest, of course, the answer is of course you're looking for suckers. Of course, like that's the you want to make money it, for yourself. What's the giveaway, man? Like, how do I but, avoid this? I have gotten screwed on leases. Here, here is the trick, or uh, well, at least one of the things I'll tell you from the other side. So, first of all, a lot of times you you would be surprised at sometimes how how the game works. Now, it may have changed since I did it. You know, I mean, gosh, this was what 15 years ago, whatever it was, but. I mean, Michael, there were times when I would sell like a $40,000 Tahoe and I would make $50 on the sale. I'm not even kidding you. Um, because, you know, depending on how a lot depends on not only what you sell the car for, because some of the cars for what they actually sell them a lot for to like the invoice price is not, you believe it or not, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Mm. So, you, so for instance, dealer, a car is $50,000. Right. So let's say, let's just say car is 50 grand, right? Let's say the invoice on the car, and again, this is years ago, but I'm just going to give you an example. Let's say the invoice on the car, what they own it for is 46, which is not a lot of room, right? So then all of a sudden you're negotiating, you're wiggling down, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, the person ends up getting the car for, I don't know, 46.5, right? Mm -hmm. So it's only a $500 difference, and then the sales guy doesn't mm -hmm. make anything off it. I mm -hmm. would end up making money when you sold, you know, we would get bonuses when we sold X amount of units. Mm -hmm. Um, now, granted, I'm not saying there weren't some cars I sold where I made a killing on. There were. But there, it's a weird scenario. A lot of times the dealers, the dealerships make money on a number of vehicles they put on the road. And then, like, especially with leases, like, you can go on and look at, um, you know, the depreciation value and all the different things. But it depends on a lot of times, like, say, for example, like Nissan, right? They'll give the dealership, hey, this month you get whatever, $2,000 cash back in every lease. Well, sometimes that's not advertised to the public. 
So now the dealer is working with with an extra. That's really how it makes money because mm. normally uh, a lot of lease deals, you know, they're not killer deals. You do fine, but um, that's how it. And the, and then the other thing that happens is this: when you lease. And then you, you know, you think you're done or when you buy and then you go into finance and then you get destroyed in finance because you let your guard down. Right. Right. You think you think everything's like hunky dory. We've made it this far. You're through. You're like, I've made it to the finish line. And then you got to sign all those papers. And next thing you know, you're buying warranties and you're buying this. So that's where you got to watch out. That is that is where it becomes tricky. But I, I would tell you that it's a, the, the, the business as a person who did it. It's not easy. I mean, it is hard, especially now because people, you know, people research. Right. Really, almost everything's available online. Ah. So, I mean, you could battle, you know, we had, I had times when, you know, people come in and battle the hell out of you. And I would just be like, look, I'm, I got nothing left. And my GM would come out and like bring the piece of paper that we own the car for. But like, this is what we own the car for. Like, we, this is, <laughs> this is it, you know? So it's just, it's a very interesting, and I'm surprised it hasn't changed. Over, and I don't think it's changed much. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, I go in there, I swear to God, I, I, when I go into a car dealership or when I'm not flying coast to coast, I go in there looking for a fight, not looking for one. Like I keep my guard up. If you're not flying from New York to LA and you're flying a short flight, you need to keep your, your, your guards up. And when you're going in to try to get a new car, you need to keep your guards up. Like you have to go in there. Like you're in the octagon or something like that. Oh my God. Flying is like unbelievable. Like you gotta, it's, it's amazing what you gotta do to get on a plane now. It's like, it's a, when they line up, those, they tried everything. They line up the groups. It doesn't matter. They line up the groups. You need to People be ready. Are cutting you off. They're knocking your luggage down. I mean, kids are tripping you. It's unreal. I mean, it's like, you're right. You got you to gotta have the, the, the fists up going onto a plane. It's crazy. Or getting off. So, My so, favorite is this. How about this? Getting off. And let's say your bag, your carry-on is like two rows behind you, right? Oh, yeah. That's so a problem. So you want to be like, hey, excuse me. Can I get my bag? Nope. And people are literally shoving you off the damn plane. That nope. is the unbelievable. No, you might not get the bag. So, so no, you you're not getting it. You, you, you still represent the car dealership that you actually worked at? I do because I'm, you know, they they treated me so well when I was there because they kind of helped, you know, they allowed me to get back in the business really. And like anytime I had like a freelance gig, they're like, go, go do it. Um, and then once I started getting stuff and once I went to the fan and, and SNY with the mess, like I started being their spokesperson, you know? So I started doing like these these local commercials and I still do like their radio commercials for them here in uh, in Jersey. So pretty cool. What, what what kind of cars do they sell there? And I'm can I can I get hooked up just real quick? All right, so so you got a guy he's there? Got, yeah, I got a guy. Michael Trebino. He's in Pine Belt Nissan in in uh, Tom's River. All right, he's got he's got Nissans. They got Cadillacs. Uh-huh. They got the whole thing. Okay, you go in. You go in. You tell him I sent you. You'll be good. I promise. All right, all right, cool. All right, so let me ask you a question. Based on everything we know right now, because yes. barring injuries, where are you at with the NFL? Assuming everybody stays healthy, who who's going to be the, the the final four teams? That's a, well in the AFC, you know, you tell me, I want to know what you think too, but you, so in the AFC, I just can't see how it's anybody but Pittsburgh and New England. I, I just don't see it. I think it's uh, a pretty light conference this year. And I thought the Raiders would be better. I don't yeah. know what's happened to the chiefs. I think it's the Steelers and Patriots and that's it. I, I just can't see anyone else getting to the title game in the NFC. Um, I think there's a lot of intrigue there. I, the Eagles to me are still the best team. Uh, they are just, absolutely loaded. I love how they run the ball. Mm-hmm. Their defense, the pass rush is incredible. Um, I'm a big fan of the Eagles. I think the Saints are right behind them I on agree. their tail. They are 
the biggest story from from the Saints this year is that a they're a defensive team, which no one saw coming in a million years. They were supposed and to be B, trash defensively. Exactly, and they run the heck. Of, you know, they traded Peterson, mm-hmm. and once they did that, the run game has been amazing. So I'd go Eagles one, Saints two, and then you know I would say then you go you know probably next tier there with Minnesota there. Mm. Even though Seattle is still all banged up and they're not what they were, it's they're over, st- man. They're they, still a tough out, though. Uh, they're a tough out, but come on, I mean, they, you can only deal with so much. And you know, poor Russell Wilson. I know he does it a little bit to himself. I mean, is, is this guy going to ever get some protection so he doesn't have to run around like a Tasmanian devil every single play? It's not fair. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he's amazing, but I they 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 got you know they've got a lot of issues. So. I would say those three. That would be, you know, that would be my, my thing right now. I think, but I think the Eagles and Saints are a little bit above Minnesota right now. Do you think if the Patriots and the Eagles got to the Super Bowl, that the, the Patriots would just like rookie them? Like I, I, I hate the Patriots. I mean, it's a, it's a well known fact. It's documented. It's in scrolls. It's historical. It's a fact. <laughs> I, obviously, I respect the crap out of them, but I, I feel like as vulnerable as they are on defense, and they're getting better. If it's the Patriots and and the Eagles, I just feel like those guys. I'd rather like, you know, my man Sean Payton makes it to the Super Bowl, or even Pete Carroll because they they've been there. Like I just feel like the Patriots in the Super Bowl, they have like voodoo working for them at this point. It is amazing. I mean, unless they play the Giants, it is pretty amazing, isn't it? I mean, I, I to answer your question. No, I don't think they would. I don't think they would bamboozle them I, because I like I think and I hear you on Sean Payton and the Saints, right? But I I think. The Eagles' defense, as good as the Saints did, the Eagles' defense is better. They're the better defensive mm-hmm. unit. Uh, they've got better pass rushers. And I think offensively, that quarterback, Wentz, is tough as nails, man. Yeah. I, mean, I, I love him. I, I mean, I, I think he's he's got a lot to him. And, and they've got a lot of weapons, and they run the hell out of the ball with three different guys. So, no, I, I don't think they'd have their way. I think they'd, I think they'd have their hands full in that game. Um, when you have these these meetings, these these pre production meetings, and you're talking to star players on teams before games, like you know, you guys mentioned, oh, I spoke to so and so yesterday. I spoke to coach uh, this one. Who, just from a football perspective, and and you could leave people out. It it doesn't matter because I, I don't want you to feel like you're leaving anybody out. You can leave people out. Just from a football perspective, what players? What two or three players are the most impressive to sit down? And they, the way they articulate football, and what coaches are the most impressive? I'm sure all the coaches are are really impressive, but which are the ones that like? It's just like they're on another level at, at the way they speak about it, football, and like that you actually learn from and understand it from. That's a that's a really good question. Um, most of the time, um, you know, I'd say ninety percent of the time, those meetings are, are really really good, um, and. Um, you know, and, and you really do learn a lot. I, I would say, so I, I would say Richard Sherman is right mm. up there. Mm. He is, he's one of the smartest, most interesting people I've ever, I, I, I've ever met. And, and, you know, you see, he's one of those guys where once he's on the field, like you see a side of him and people are like, Oh, he, he's a jerk. He's the opposite of that mm. in real life. But I'm telling you, so check this out. They were there. This was two or three years ago. We were in Seattle. And at that time I was working with John Lynch. Right. So, um, so they were talking about coverages and stuff like that. And then, so John asked Sherman a question about, you know, playing his own coverage or whatever he's doing. And then John and Sherman get up and they, they start kind of demonstrating mm. this coverage. And and Sherman goes, 
look, when as far as covering the deep ball, like I know going in, okay, so my speed is whatever it is, it's it's four four. I know that receiver speed on this side is you know four uh, four four five. Mm. So I'm I'm not kidding. This conversation happened. So he's like, I'm 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 making up some of the some of the details, but this is what he was talking about. He's like, so I'm you know I'm six three. The receiver so and so. I know on a deep ball with the trajectory of the ball and mm. my speed and my height that I have a five yard cushion. If I'm within five yards, I can knock the ball away. And he, he got up to the board and drew it. And then he demonstrated it. I was like sitting there like blown away. Like wow. it was amazing. And then the, the game we did the next day, sure as shit, someone threw deep and he was a couple yards behind, but he picked it off. Mm. It was, you know, so it's like stuff like that. That is just, uh, um, it, it's, it's pretty neat to pick guys brains like that and really just kind of get a feel for what they're all about. I think, I think a lot of guys are, are, are pretty interesting and a lot smarter than you'd think. He's, he's definitely, he's, he's one that comes to mind. I just talked to him a few weeks ago. So he's probably kind of fresh in the mind too. You think, you know it. And then when you ask those guys like, details and minutiae and then they bring up stuff that i i personally have never even thought about like that's the, the stuff that i love like i can't get enough of that stuff all right so before i let you go you know i'm a senior fantasy football analyst that's a fact absolutely that's a fact what do you think of fantasy obviously you you deal with the real thing now did you ever play fantasy as as a fan and now as a broadcaster um what is your take on fantasy football i had i used to play all the time Are you I good uh no <laughs> okay because i was I, gonna say I, you probably can't play because of your job but i was gonna say i would welcome you to a five dollar dance head up anytime but it might not be okay because you know you call the games but but if and when uh you're free to do that please because i do it for only for the honey not for the money i do it i do it for the tango absolutely hey listen i'll do it with you i just won't pick any guys in the game i'm doing that week but i'll do it i, I used to love it i just when i started doing this I just stopped, and not that it's, a, it's too much. It's a conflict of interest, but yeah, it's just too much. So I just, I just kind of stopped. But listen, I'll, I'll take your invitation. That huh. would be a blast, man. I love to do it, but I usually sucked when I did it. I, I don't know why. I just was never any good. How, how much prep do you put into a game? How much prep I put in? I mean, a lot. I mean, we'll um, first thing is watching their last couple games. That's number one, right? Seeing what they're doing, who, how they're playing, who's doing well, that type of thing. Um, then it's just reading a ton. I go back and, and read as much as I can the last few weeks, see how, you know, just see stories that have been written, see how they're playing, what's the pulse of the team, that type of thing. Um, then I, then it's taking notes on just, you know, players, things. I have like a database that I keep on each team of just mm. stuff that I, little things I jot down. And then we do like, I, I get these charts that, um, I have a friend of mine kind of make the skeleton and I fill in all the charts and that's where like all the players and all the notes on the players and all the specifics that takes time. I mean, I probably put like 25 hours into it before mm. I leave for the city. And then we meet with like each team and go to practice and get a, a ton more there. So it's, wow. it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot of prep. I mean, I love it, but it's, it's a ton of stuff to get right. You know why? And the reason is this, because you know, when you're, there's one game a week and when you're doing the one game, you know, we have different games every week. You, you got to figure you're you're going to broadcast to a national audience, but but also you're broadcasting to those two cities, and those people have watched that team every week and read every article for the entire year. So you have to know it; like you can't fake mm -hmm. it. So it's just it's just time. Um, but it, it's a, it's fun, man. I mean, geez, I get I get paid to go do football games. Come on, it's like it's not real. All right, well, listen, man, I'm I'm a fan. I, I would love for you to come back on and talk. I love what you're doing. Uh, um, I love your story, and uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. 
Dude, anytime. Uh, and hey, uh, for you know, I, I got to see you out at the at the big three, you know, this year. That you were killer, and uh, I enjoyed that. I got to come out and and, and and hang with you, John. That'll be fun this year. For sure, for sure. The games are going to be live. Uh, you, you you could help me. Uh, you could help me look respectable out there, man. <laughs> you do it on your own, man. Thank it's you. great talking to you, Michael. I really enjoyed it. All right, you have a great holiday. All right. You too, brother. I'll be listening to you watching the game this weekend. All right, cool, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Kevin. All right, it's that time of the show, G Monetti. Yeah. Um. Well, before we get into the sick fucks, yo, did you hear about this? Philadelphia Eagle, Fletcher Cox. He's a beast. I don't know if any of you follow football, but Philadelphia Eagle, he's a defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox. His last name is Cox. He's being sued by a man from North Carolina. This is real. Who said that Fletcher Cox, who's 26, took his chick. The husband found explicit photos and and, and text messages, discussions of them having children together, explicit text messages, and all that. And now this sucker-ass motherfucker is trying to sue Fletcher Cox for $50,000 seeking damages. First of all, my man, yo, yo bitch chose him to quote the great, who, who's, who am I quoting? Max Julian, the Mac, 1973. To quote, to quote the great Max Julian, who played the character Goldie in the Mac, in the, in the black exploitation movie, the classic, oh, in yes. 1973. Yo bitch chose him. Yep. You know the game. <laughs> you know the game. Second yo, of yo, all. And no chose. disrespect of the word, the B word. That's an yes. actual quote from the movie. Yeah. She chose. And you got to take that L. You got to take that loss. You can't get mad at the dude. It's not like he had a gun to her head. She chose this dude and you got to talk to her. Talk See what to you want to do. Fletcher like, Cox yo, didn't do anything. Yeah. Now, I, I, it would be haunting to find your wife in sexually explicit pictures with a defensive Man. tackle. Yeah, but you got to accept it. That's part of life. You but imagine be- what those pictures <laughs> look like. You, you, you're just a regular guy, a working guy, and, and, and a defensive tackle, and you have to, you're looking through your wife's phone and you see these pictures. God only or, knows what he saw, this poor prick. But, yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to sue Fletcher Cox for doing this, you mean your wife is only worth $50,000? You're suing him for 50. What, what signal does that send out to you? Well, you're never getting her back. What signal right. does it send out to the, to, the, to the judge? The judge is going to be offended that you didn't try to sue for $10 million. You should try to go for more money. My heart is broken. Yeah. This is the crown jewel of my life. Not for 50 fucking thousand dollars, you dumb fuck you. Yeah. She, uh, she kneeled too. This prick is suing for substantial emotional distress, and he only wants 50K. All right, let's get to it. It's the sick fuck of the week. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy's really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? Sick fuck. The sick. Fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did. What? No. 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 
the sick fuck of the week segment. Yep. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an award-winning segment. And we are going to start this sick fuck of the week segment with the Wonder Bread Bag theme song. Mm. Yes. Yes. The sick fuck of the week is an award that is earned, not given. Earned, not given. But you are listening to the sounds of G Moody, Moody Beats, and that is the Wonder Bread Bag theme song. Check yes. this out. Yes. 27-year-old Kevin Rojas was sentenced to life in prison for shooting an off-duty officer multiple times during a traffic stop in Jacksonville, Florida. As he should be. He's a piece of shit. Oh, man. Okay? And if you look at him, you'll see that he's the true definition of a sick fuck. Yeah, but, they always have that look. But, but... But that's not what this particular... And he was smiling in prison, this fucking scumbag. So you know what the cop did? He did what What? he's supposed to do. The cop, the arresting officer, when they had him, the smug smug gunman who's in there smiling, the cop pulled out a tube of KY jelly in the courtroom. Oh. Yes. You'll be lucky to get KY jelly and not just a raw Wonder Bread bag. You're not getting any olive oil. You're not getting any KY jelly, you sick <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, that's think- the cop. That, yeah. that cop should get an award. Yeah. You shoot an off-duty cop, and then you're in the, in the courtroom. Smiling. They, they, the, the, the judge should be taking out the KY jelly. Yeah, yeah. Like dangling it. You can't have it. But but <laughs> sorry, you're gonna where yeah. you're going. You're gonna wish you had some KY jelly, me amigo. Yeah. Life. He got. They gave him life too, right? Of course. Man, these guys don't care about their lives. It's like, yo, you, it's over, and you're gonna be terrorized. See, they think it's like Mike Tyson said. He said, when you see these young dudes going to jail, he said, and they're smiling. He said they don't know what awaits them. It's like, yo, you're gonna be somebody's woman, and that's Mike you, Tyson saying it. And he's like, yo, you just, they, they just are not aware of it. They like how, how it's going to be. You know, it's, 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 hey, you throw away your life. That's what it is. Second sick fuck of the week. This, this person's really nuts. And you should look her up. I'm going to spell her name out. S-A-H-A-R. The last name is spelled T-A-B-A-R. Because this woman is so, this, this woman is really nuts. Yo, She's 19, okay? She lives in Iran. She disfigured her face so much, so extreme, to try to look like Angelina Jolie. You have to look it up for yourself. Words can't articulate. And the doctors that did this are the sick fucks, too. When you see this woman, look it up. The last name is T-A-B-A-R. Look up Sahir, S-A-H-A-R-T-A-B-A-R. This... this might not even be sick fuck of the week, man. They, they, the doctor should be the sick fuck of the week for disfiguring this woman so she could look like Angelina Jolie. It looks insane. Uh, good for her. I say good for you. You look, yo, it's only one of you on the planet rap, and it's only one of me. Why I got to try to look like somebody else? I'm me. You're you. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, I'm secure in how I look. Good for you. You took that risk. You rolled the dice. Ta-da! But Fuck she's 19. You. you have to be... When you see the picture of this woman, you're going to go... You'll see what I'm talking about. This is beyond anything. 
Oh, some mask shit like Cher. Yes, Remember? yes. Oh. She, you, you know the movie The Mask. She looks like the Max version of Angelina Jolie. Well, you 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 made that choice. You gotta lay. You made the bed. You gotta lay in it. I know it's fucked up. You nineteen, but when I was nineteen, <laughs> what we was doing? We Wait. was playing ball. We was we, we we was you know messing with chicks. We wasn't trying to disfigure ourselves. We we looked good. Uh, I was at my in my prime. Third sick fuck of the week. This singer Morrissey, I believe he might have been a sick fuck of the week when we first started. The singer Morrissey, he's like one of the people who, who sort of attributed like to creating punk rock and the whole emo music. Fuck this guy. This guy, shout out to my man Toby Morris. This is like his idol. This guy, this guy's like Mr. Vegetarian, Mr. Vegan. This guy's Morrissey. Mr. Vegetarian, Mr. Spirituality, Mr. Emo, this prick. Yeah, he said some sucker shit about hip-hop, too. Yeah, he said some sucker shit about... That's right. We got him when he said some shit about hip-hop. He said, Morrissey, in regard to the Kevin Spacey assaults of young boys, this is what he said. When you're in somebody's bedroom, you have to be aware of what it could lead to. A 14-year-old boy? Damn. That's what these motherfuckers be into, too, on a low... This guy's Mr. Vegan, Mr. Vocal, and he said uh, uh, about, about he, he compared the animal slaughterhouses to the Holocaust. Like if killing chickens and cows to eat them, he said, if you allow the slaughterhouse to continue, you're saying the Holocaust is great. Auschwitz is fantastic. My man. Oh, shut, shut the fuck up, yo. Shut up. These are human beings that were, were, were executed. Motherfucking chicken? Come on, man. They, 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 they're here for us. They're here for us to eat. They sacrifice their flesh for us. Yo, if you want to be a vegan for dietary reasons, cool. But all this shit saved the animals and all that. We're not talking about extinct monkeys in Zimbabwe. We're not talking about the whales, the seals, the dolphins. We're talking about chickens and motherfucking turkeys and, and, and cows. If there was a strain of cow or chicken that developed their own language, and built their own cities. Of course nobody would kill them to eat. These are intelligent cows. They built, look, they got their city over there. But come on, man, you're going to hang with the cow? None of these motherfuckers have any pets either. Like, they don't have the right. zoo in, in their backyard. They're so pro-animal. I would expect you to have a goose. I would expect huh. you to have a goat, I would, a giraffe. But you got nothing. So you really don't give a fuck about these animals. You're just on your ivory little uh, soapbox kicking bullshit. Yo, I'm going to eat that turkey. I'm going to eat them ribs. I'm going to eat that smoked pastrami in your face. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right in your fucking face, asshole. Now, I have a sick fuck. Oh, please, please go ahead. Brenda, a 26-year-old girl, a woman named Brenda Bertani, a nudist rock musician, and and she invited him to the crib so she could, you know, he could see her brother or whatever. He comes there to the crib, goes check her brother, and then he attacks her sexually. So she gets in a defensive mode and, and grabs the garden shears and slices off my man's Johnson. Jesus. And it couldn't be reattached. And I want to give her the Wonder Woman Award. Mm. Because, you know, there's a lot of women out here being harassed and everything. 
So I like how you defended yourself. So you get, what, what's the Wonder Woman from the 70s? What's her name? Alinda Lavin. No. You uh, get the. Uh, damn. Alinda Lavin. That was Alice. Uh, what, what's her name? Shit. We don't fact check. We know who we're talking about. She, you get her. Her name is uh, embossed on the fucking uh, trophy. I like that garden shear. So you get a garden shear, a golden garden mm. shear. Money, you can't attack women, and 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 you've taken your penis in your hand. You're taking, <laughs> mm. you're risking your life. I got two. I got two more. Two more sick fucks. A Michigan school teacher duct taped. A young student in a wheelchair with cerebral palsy duct taped her mouth shut. Oh, because she was making a lot of sounds? Yo. Oh, damn. This is a spec. Yo, you, yo the, the, you the, the, the video and the photos are horrifying that somebody could do some shit like that. Yeah, the teacher. Yo. I mean, that's self-explanatory. I mean, The teacher? Uh, if I was the parent. That gives me license to smack fire out the teacher. Finally, an Indiana teacher was videotaped, I believe, by students in a high school. Samantha Cox, another Cox. Oh, shit. Was arrested for snorting cocaine while she was in school at the class, in the classroom. While teaching? Wow, on her break or some shit, but the, oh. the, the kids must have known she was wild and they videotaped her. Oh, doing and lines. And she said, and I quote, I just needed to get some. Listen, <laughs> it's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Okay? Uh, what, what can I say? It's an award-winning podcast. I want to thank Kevin Burkhart for coming on the show. Me and G Moody, Back to Basics. Uh, we're going to keep doing our thing. Next episode will be live and direct from the New York City Gloom Tomb. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. G Moody, Michael Rapport, we're out. Peace.